It's Amber Bradley, your host for the unscripted side of LP. It's Talk LP Podcast time. Okay, it's Talk LP Podcast time. Amber Bradley, your host. Thanks for joining us for this action-packed podcast. Welcome guest co-host John Mattis, head of Global Fraud and Risk Operation at Etsy. What's up, John? Hey, Amber, how are you? Good, Thank you so much for, uh, Thanks for so much for letting me be this, uh, be a co-host with you. I'm super excited about it. Yeah, are you kidding? It's awesome. So John has brought into the hot seat Pamela Velos, Vice President of Asset Protection, Safety, and Store Operations for Belk. Hello, Pamela. How are you? Hi, how are you? Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. So... You and John are no stranger, right? I mean, what is it, 10 plus years probably of working together at this? Yeah, what is it 10 or is it more? Maybe more. Maybe I would more. say double that. Yeah. Yeah. I think, so we, I think Pamela and I have been working together since at least the late 90s, I would think. So, so you got the inside, inside scoop on Pamela. She's got the inside scoop on you. So this is perfect. Yeah. But yeah, first, <laughs> we will start it off, um, kind of throwing it over to Pamela, just to give us some background of your career um, and, and how you, you know, got into LP and just anything you want to say about your background and, and what you're doing now. Yeah, sure. Thank you. So I've been in the AP LP world for over 25 years. So I, I hate to count it because I'm only 29, of course, right? So started when I was four, but uh, the, you know, I got into asset protection when I was a sales associate. I was one of the sales associates on the floor that didn't know what asset protection was until I saw the guys out there making stops on shoplifters, and I thought, man, I want to do that. So um, I inquired about uh, doing that while I was in college, and uh, lo and behold, they, they hired me. And I've been doing it ever since. So obviously, uh, working my way up the, the ranks, but I've had every job you can imagine within asset protection from an hourly store detective to a single store asset protection manager. I believe I went to Hawaii as a district uh, manager with Macy's at the time, and I was there for seven years. I uh, had two beautiful children there. Um, and then Mr. John Mattis convinced me to leave Paradise um, and worked directly for him um, as a investigator. So I had a big portion of the, um, the footprint of the United States, the Southwest part of the United States and worked for him for about three years before going into a, a regional vice president role. I had both the Southeast portion of the United States and the Southwest for Macy's uh, before I came to Belk into more of a corporate role where I took on the VP for asset protection. Um, I've been with Belk three years now um, and then in within like I think the eight, last eight months I took on store operations in addition to asset protection so there's been a lot of a lot of movement in my uh, in my career this is I believe my 12th move um, and um, I'm no stranger to picking up and trying something new and uh, putting myself in a situation that may be uncomfortable uh, in order to learn and grow so it's it's worked for me so far yeah, that's pretty incredible, especially you think about perspectives, right? That you've had so many roles within the organization gives you tremendous 
perspective, right? Because your team can be like, well, she's asking us to do that. And she, she's never done it. It's like, well, actually, <laughs> back in the day, I did do that, right? I think that is, is huge when it comes to leadership. But all right, John, over to you. So, uh, so now I feel like I'm the villain since I pulled Pamela out of Hawaii. Like, who in their right mind would do yeah. that? Yeah, right. Mine would agree to that, and you know, <laughs> Pamela was the one. Um, you know, and I think that one of the things that when we look at all the questions that we could possibly ask Pamela is, in this day and age, how do you balance the work-life whole situation with being a, a senior leader at Belks and operating? Uh, running both operations and asset protection. There are things coming at you left and right. How do you balance that with your beautiful family, your beautiful children? How do you do all that? Like, I think that everybody has a different journey, right? Everybody has a different answer to what is the right fit for them. Me, I am so fortunate that my husband is an amazing man and uh, we are equal partners in everything. He cooks, I cook, you know, we do everything together. So without him, I think it'd be a lot more difficult, but I think it's just making sure that you give yourself permission to take that time to spend with your family. There is so much that um, as a professional that you have to dedicate into work and rightly so, you know, it's an important part of your life, but also making sure that you're scheduling that time for the important events to make sure you're there and you're present for your family. That's how I do it. Um, I was recently asked a similar question, and if I were to look back and uh, tell a younger version of myself how to balance this better, um, it would have been get in the pictures. I'm always the one taking the pictures, right? So if I'm uh, if I'm talking to my kids about a memory, they're like, well, dad was there, but you weren't. I'm like, well, who do you think took the picture? I was there. <laughs> so get in the picture, make sure you don't miss those moments. Um, and then from a work perspective, it's hiring the best team that you can and trusting them to do the work. So um, I, I truly believe that you reap what you sow with uh, building foundational um, process. So if you think about foundational process, what does, what do you want the future to look like in three years, right? Like what, what do you need to build today as far as a skill set, as far as getting the right people in the job, as far as what is the business gonna look like and how are we going to adapt to things that you could almost predict coming up. Uh, so you're ready, um, you've already thought of it and you already have a solution ready for when um, that happens. So investing in your team, getting really high talented uh, individuals that have a great attitude and that are willing to take on more, willing to learn and then challenge me with uh, maybe some of the things that I'm not thinking the right way or with some unique ideas. So. I certainly like people that come to the table that are very opinionated, um, hard workers, but I will invest in them to make sure I'm getting them also to the next level. Awesome. Yeah, that, that's really interesting too. I mean, I, looking through your background and seeing, you know, even the, the quantity of people that you have managed throughout your career, right? Um, what do you think from a leadership style perspective, and you kind of mentioned a few things, but I always find, you know, I've, I've never in my career been able, been managing a long team. I'm a horrible manager, which is why I'm like, okay, I'll start my own thing because I can't manage people that well. But thinking about your skill set to do that is, is incredible. And I want you to talk about a little thing, some, some things that you think make you successful at that. I know investing in your team is one of the, one of the things you said, but also a a disparate workforce, right? That's spread, you know, all over the country. How does that, what are the keys to success for that? 
well, I think that each time I go to a, a, a new position or a new part of the country, you're faced with a complete new set of challenges. So it changes a little bit, but I think that the, the underlying thing that always stays the same for me is empathy. Um, understanding what people know, what they came to the table with and valuing that if you're the person that's walking in. So taking the time to understand the history, uh, what other things have they done, what have they seen as being successful in their careers before you got there is really important to recognize and then to leverage the skill sets. Um, and then the empathy as far as kind of back to the question that you asked, what's going on that we need to make sure that we're adjusting um, within their work-life balance that makes them successful and feel valued? I think it's, it goes back to empathy and making sure that your team feels valued. Yeah, that's, uh, those are great points. Something that, that honestly we haven't heard. And I think that, you know, you, you're touted for having an incredible emotional intelligence quotient, right? And I think that's part of it. You know, when you, when you really get in there to understand people, you know, you, you connect with them on that personal, that personal level. All right, John, over to you. Oh, you're on mute. Everybody drink. There you so, go. <laughs> sorry, uh, Pamela, I see you've been working uh, at Belks for a little bit of time and you spent a large portion of your career uh, working at Macy's. And can you give the folks on the call a little bit of a perspective of what it was like to, you know, be in an organization for such a long time, but then go to a different organization where you were in charge and uh, can sort of uh, bring with you what you've learned and make it your own uh, in a new organization? A great question. Yeah, it is a great question, John. Uh, thank you. The, I, I would say there were some things that transitioned really well because I, I, I feel like asset protection or retail is retail, right? And regardless of where you go, you, you, you find, you, you, know, you know what's going on and you know, you know, you know um, how to do it. But the important thing is to understand the culture to where you're entering. So there's a culture of where you left and then a culture of where, where you're entering and understanding what is important what does uh, the company want from me as they hire me into a position and, and making sure that I'm delivering on those pieces. So I would say, you know, it was completely different in some ways, but the, the retail portion is the same. You know, people are the same, not um, exactly the same, but, you know, people all want to be valued and they all want to be recognized and they all want to grow. You know, everybody, people want to do a good job. So that is trying to figure out how to connect uh, with a team that may be suspicious of the new person coming in. You know, that takes a little bit of time um, to do, but affecting the change and then looking at um, what's available for your disposal and then being able to take that and use it, with, for me, was the biggest challenge because uh, you're not going to have the same set of information from company to company. Um, and even the vernacular and how people speak about the business is a little bit different. So you have to slow down, or I had to slow down and ask a lot of questions. Um, I may still be the person in the room that um, asks somebody, wait, I need you to explain that to me. Because especially in um, going into my, my operations role that I've been in in the last eight months, I do a lot more with um, dealing with different parts of the business that I, in a different way than I used to, particularly my my IT partners who are amazing, 
but sometimes they go so fast. I, I need, I need them to slow down and teach me. And I've had a few of uh, my great IT partners go through systems and bring my entire team in and talk to me about how everything's interconnected. So if I sit in a meeting, I can at least participate in a way that's meaningful. So I have to kind of back up and teach myself um, how, how to participate and how to add value uh, in my role. Awesome. Yeah, that's a great point. Cause I too, I think leaders sometimes think they have to have all the answers like sitting in the room without, you know, asking the questions or seeking to understand. So you brought up the, the operations and I think that's really interesting because when you, hopefully people listen to this podcast to try to understand how they're growing in their role. And that's how, how did that process come about? Like if you could explain a little bit like, okay, you were, uh, in charge of asset protection and safety, and then they added operations to your plate. Really interested in what do you? What was the impetus of that? Like, it's because you were knocking it out of the park on all these different roles, or you had complete understanding of the operations side. Like, how does how does something like that go in a corporate environment? Well, I think it, it has a little bit to do with I think that eighty percent of loss is operational. I think it's us making issues for ourselves that creates create profit drains and that's something that I'm really interested in and always have been very interested in so as soon as I came to Belk I started digging into different POS changes that I thought were bleeding as profitability um, you know I don't know if you guys have uh, read I'm sure almost everybody here has read some of the TLO um, information that's out there the total retail loss and digging into now if I'm thinking about today and then I'm thinking about three years down the road right how where does asset protection fit in? How can I continue to make sure that my team's valuable? And then how do I continue to drive profitability for the company? And not just through investigations and external theft and, and audit, you know, what, what other avenues are out there that we can be successful for the company? So I had been diving into that quite often. And then uh, as you know, the whole country went through COVID and all of the changes that we had to adapt to um, in order to close, to reopen, to have opening playbooks, to come up with new procedures, I was integral. And um, with this great team that I work with, it wasn't just me, um, to put all that back together. So it seemed like a natural progression as we were changing to have me to continue down that path. I think it's something I started to um, absorb not maybe not absorb that's not the right word um to participate in um so it became natural for me to just join that team as well and, and be lucky enough to put them uh, under my umbrella yeah that's really cool because it was it a situation where it was like it seems like oh a normal progression right because you had put your hand up and said or and you know we hear oftentimes if you want to be included or grow within your organization you invite yourself to the party right you invite yourself to the meeting is that kind of how it went when you're inserting yourself in the operational because you've already proven a valuable asset right right and, and i'm sure i'm sure in some way there was a um you know, I, I, I wasn't the decision maker that made the final decision, but I'm sure there was, you know, we're going to stretch her and see what she can do. I think that's, that's part of it. I think John did that to me uh, when he hired me into role. It's just uh, sometimes you just have to give people the opportunity and, and stretch that ability if they're showing interest and they're getting you good results and you, they're driving uh, the, right, um, the right vision for the company. 
Awesome. All right, John, over yeah, to you. A, Sorry. Yeah, that's a great point uh, that Pamela makes because, you know, I could tell you one thing that I, that I know about uh, Pamela in the years that uh, we worked together and been friends is that she has a real great uh, knack for people development. Um, and really getting her team to understand that they're business people first and asset protection people second because you need to drive the business. I'm glad you mentioned total retail loss, but tell me a little bit about and tell the team a little bit about what you do to really take a personal interest in the people that work for you and their development as executives in retail. Yeah, you know, I think I... I I have a lot of the people that used to work for me and I'm so connected and they, they tease me a lot and they, they always ask me, well, what's next? Cause that's what comes out of my mouth when I'm, when I'm visiting somebody. We got, we have something that we've accomplished. You get the pat on the back. And then my question is always, well, what's next? You know, what, what else are we going to do? You know, cause we've done this and, and that, that can't be the last thing we do. We're in a business and we're in a business to grow. So for me, it's always pulling those pieces out of people to, ask the question what's next versus tell them. Because if you push yourself to the point where you don't have a quick answer, that's when you start getting really interesting answers from people. You say what next five times and they can't think of anything else. The next one they say, I think I learned that from uh, Kevin Coleman, um, was the next idea is gonna be the great idea. It's the one that wasn't the easy answer. It's the one that made us stretch and see beyond the box that sometimes we draw around ourselves. Um, and then that's the idea that everybody gets excited about and starts jumping on as far as, yeah, now what if we did this next? What if we included this person? You know, what, what could this mean for us? And some of them are duds and some of them are great, but I think that part of the, what has been successful for me in the past has been really developing and bringing out those pieces and people that they didn't maybe know that they had. Um, and then once they start seeing it, seeing them be able to develop their team and being, being able to develop, go into other positions and great positions out there. So um, I would say it's more of maybe pushing the talent in other people versus my talent. Um, just surround yourself with great people and great things will happen. And I think another thing is that you take a personal interest uh, in each and every person that works for you. So they feel uh, that you're not only just looking at, after them from a professional perspective, but from a personal perspective as well. So looking yeah, at I, you, I, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no, I, I love my team, yep. <laughs> um, so looking at your background and career, I mean, if you're, if you're um, charting out a textbook successful career. I mean, yours is right on. It's like spot on. So if you think about anything that you would change or advice that you would give, um, you know, looking back, right? Because I think a lot of people um, would say, man, that where you are in your career is a lot of people's goals to say, hey, mm -hmm. having operations, having safety and AP at that vice president level. So is there anything you would change or do differently or any specific advice that you might give mm -hmm. um, looking back? You know, it's, it's change is a, a, a tough question because I think we all hit different points in our life for a reason, but I, I do wish that earlier in my career, I had put myself out there 
more than I already had. You know, I, I think that um, I didn't know how big big was. Um, and it really, um, it really has taught me an important lesson of when you're leading people to make sure that they know what the path could be for them and um, what their potential would be. I, I just wish maybe I had more of that conversation um, earlier on. Um, and then once you kind of figure it out, it's easy to keep going with it because uh, um, you, you, you have an inkling of, hey, I might not know all the answers, but I'm going to be the first one to raise my hand and jump in and I'll figure it out, right? So um, it's just being brave enough to try something that you're not completely comfortable with. Um, and then as far as, um, as far as advice for people coming up through um, the ranks is you don't lose yourself, right? Have fun because we're not, we're not operating on people's brains. You know, it's uh, it's you remember why you got here. Remember why you enjoy it. Make sure you're helping repeat that for other people. Um, and it's, it's not always, wonderful there are tough times and there's tough conversations and um being really honest with yourself of when when i need to change because you know granted there's there's times where i'm always self-assessing every situation i've been in and if the um outcome of the situation wasn't quite how i expected it to be or how i wanted it to be the first thing i assess is myself on i can control who i am i can control how um, I make people feel, right? I can control how prepared I am. I could be the most prepared person in the room. Um, and that's a lot. That's a lot of things that you can control in your career and in your life as you're moving forward. So it's just making sure that uh, you're, you're self-assessing and figuring out, well, what could I have done better in this situation and then do it better next time. So that, that's probably that advice is just be very intentional about how you grow yourself um, and how you uh, are really honest with yourself. Not to the point that you're beating yourself up every day, but it's, I think that's important. Yeah, I think those are, that's phenomenal advice. And, and certainly, you know, you look back at your career and, and being younger, man, I could have used that advice. <laughs> it's like self-assess first, because that's a pretty mature thing to do. Right. And if you're young in your career, you're probably not the most mature person because that's how life goes. But yeah. that is that is a phenomenal point. Absolutely. All right, John, over to you. So so Pamela, you know, you talk a lot about, um, you know, sort of your career and how you've um, uh, risen through the ranks. And, you know, I think the one thing when you look at your career, um, you have a X factor. Um, which is, you know, you care about your people, you have, uh, you care about the business, and you have a business persona versus just an asset protection persona. How do you balance all of that and get all of these teams to work with you, knowing at the end of the day, you got to, you know, you got to make profit, and you got to keep loss down. How do you bring all of the support teams and people that work with you? How do you get them all on your team? Um, I think it's project management, right? So I think that if you look at everything that is on the plate and anything, everything that has to be accomplished, prioritizing all of your projects, looking at the workload associated to everything that you need to get done, and then assigning leads to make sure 
that that work is accomplished because I, I can't do it all myself. There's just, there's no way. You know, I've really got to be able to give a high level, hey, this is the goal. This is what we want to get out of it. And this is the date. Um, here are some of the partners and then let people go and accomplish things. So I think that um, in my position today, there's a lot that I have to do. I, I still have to take a lot of projects myself. That's just the environment that we live in. But I also really strategically use my team to be able to do these things. And the thing that I, I find that helps is if your team is, is that the individuals or are the individuals who are building the projects, they already own it. They're going to sell it. They're going to execute it and they're going to make sure that it works for your company because you've got a lot of buy-in um, as long as we're bringing the right people on board. So if I, if I were to look at from an operations perspective, some of the things that we've accomplished um, through COVID or through ship to home or same day delivery and all, all of those things that we've worked on, it's uh, pulling together the information very quickly, getting the right partners. Like well, we have industrial engineers in our fulfillment center and if I didn't partner them, to look at um, how we're going to execute in the source fulfillment, like we might have missed something, right? So really making sure that like what resources do I have available to me that don't even necessarily report to me, but I could bring them in in a project planning meeting and still accomplish something that seems gargantuan by everybody taking a part of the project and then moving forward and keeping everybody organized. Awesome. Yeah, those are great points for sure. Okay, so I'll give you my last question, then I'm going to turn it over to John for his last question. You've all almost made it through the hot seat. Done an incredible job so far. Okay, so I always like to leave the audience with some kind of like, if it's a reading list or a to-do or somebody to look up or something like that. And I, it kind of goes with the whole life leadership thought, right? As you've been in your career and even today, um, what are, what are some people, and it could be people in the industry, it could be people outside the industry. I know we share a, a fandom for Brene Brown. I saw that on your LinkedIn, a big Brene Brown fan. But, you know, in thinking about some other things that you feel like may have shaped you as a leader or shaped you as a person, whether it's, you know, a book, a phrase, a saying, like what, what comes to mind from a, kind of a leadership life lessons perspective? That's a good question. You know, you said, Brene Brown, and of course, she has this TED Talk on vulnerability that I love. Yeah. Um, so if you haven't looked at that, I think that it uh, it's inspiring. Um, there's um, some other other things that um, I've done with teams before um, in group reading. Sometimes we'll do um, like pick a leadership book, and I always I like to pick something that's short. <laughs> so, and that's easy to digest, right? And nothing too complex because we have a real job to do and, and you know, those things should be fun in my mind. But um, my team and I, um, at, at one point, I think when I was with Macy's, read um, a book together really talking about the ideal team player. Um, that's the, the name of the book. I can't think of the author right now. Oh, I'm sorry. Cool. But it's the ideal team player and we read it. And then my team led a discussion about it. I didn't. My team led a discussion about it and really talking about when we're building a team, what are we looking for and what's important to us? And it was the hungry, humble, smart, right? So I think that that became our mantra on when we're talking about talent. Oh, he's hungry. Oh, he's, he's humble. You know, we got to get a little bit more of this piece in, in that person. So um, those things are um, something that's 
enjoyable for me if I can do that with my team and if they're engaged and like to, you know, there's nothing worse than having your boss ask you to read something that you don't want to read. <laughs> so um, the, the other thing that uh, uh, my current team and I do is we'll share in inspirational videos. So we just have a, a text group and we'll, everybody will pop one on and we, when we get a chance, we look at that and it's just like that, that inspiration you need for the day. Um, and then as far as a quote, I know everybody's heard this, but there's um, like, if you think you can, you can, if you think you can't, you can't, right? Henry Ford. Yeah. So that to me is always my go-to. Um, and then there's another quote, um, and I might get this wrong, so you'll have to forgive me, but it's by Ross Perot. And it's, uh, um, it talks about a team and it talks about first, I look for people who um, like to win. And if I can't find any of those, I, I search for people who hate to lose. So, oh, nice. <laughs> That's awesome. I like that. I, I hadn't heard that. <laughs> so those, those, are my, uh, uh, those are my fun quotes. I actually have the Ross Perot quote when I left Macy's. My team has the quote in the middle and all of our team pictures around, and I have it up in my office right now. So, so that's, uh -huh. a, that's a fun one for me. I like that. Very cool. All right, John, wrap us up here, sir. All right. So one of the things that I admire most about Pamela is um, is her ability to balance lots of different things. So I'm going to stick with this theme of, of line of questioning. She really embraces the whole work-life balance and her family is everything. In fact, I remember the very first time that we uh, met when she started working for me and I pulled her out of Hawaii as we met for dinner and she brought her whole family to dinner. You know, so that, and it was really one of the, probably the, probably the one of the best business meetings I've ever had, but she really embodies that. And so Pamela, you know, you've been all around uh, the country, so to speak. You went from Texas to Hawaii to Los Angeles, now to North Carolina. Your family has been with you all of the way. Talk about the fact that your family is just as much responsible for your success in the industry um, as uh, just the individual successes of being on the job. How has is, how is your family supported you uh, to make you who you are today? So my, my family is the best part of me. So if I want to impress my boss, I got to bring my family, right? So because <laughs> they're like, oh, okay, there's more to her than just work all the time. But yeah, they're, they're wonderful. I think that... Uh, um, if, if I didn't have the structure that I have within my family today, I wouldn't have been able to move. I mean, every time I've moved, I picked my husband up about halfway through my career, but then he's let's like, let's go here. And he's like, okay, let's do it. You know, luckily he's highly successful. And over the last, uh, I think three or four moves, he's been able to keep the same job and be able to open offices wherever we go. So that's, that's really worked out for him because he's, he's had to sacrifice a lot too. Uh, but we do that for each other. Um, I, I just, uh, um, I just think that that's just, there's, there's not ever just a, a, a person at work and then a, a person at home, you know, those, those relationships influence who you are. And I, I want people to know how important they are to me because that, that kind of, builds the full person and not just uh, the person that you see at work every day. Great, great answer. Yes, there's so much that folks can learn uh, from Pamela. I've learned so much in, from you as well. So uh, really thank you for, for being on this show today. And Amber, thank you so much for allowing me to be a co-host. This has been incredible. 
Yeah, thank you. I'm ready for the next one. Ah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, I appreciate you looping Pamela in. I we were talking about how it's weird we had never met. So it's been an honor and a privilege to talk to you today. We really appreciate all of the folks out there listening. So thanks so much, Pamela. We really appreciate it. Thank you. All right. Don't forget to download the Talk LP News app. It features all breaking news headlines. I don't know why you wouldn't. It's, it's awesome. We also have exclusive content from Adrian Beck. Talk about total retail loss. So check that out on the app. Again, thanks for listening. You can always tweet us at Let's Talk LP. I always forget that, which is weird. All right, guys. Thanks so much for listening, watching. We're out. See you guys. Cause, cause, cause no one can do it like we do it, like we do it, like we do it. Cause no one can do it like we do it, like we do it, like we do it.